0: Alright, if you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 4 matter of fact, we're going to turn to a lot of scripture tonight As we uh, try to conclude our family series um, Which will conclude next Sunday morning and Sunday night And I really enjoyed it I thought it would be easy because I preach and teach so much on the family But condensing this is another story I'm telling you what, I've got about six or seven uh, uh, messages on my heart just for tonight And so I'm trying to narrow it down And uh, Brother Jared said, just preach them all And I said, okay, you'll be here to midnight He really didn't mean that I don't think he really meant that But anyway, uh, that was nice of him to say it anyway Uh, Ephesians chapter 4 I want to preach on um, Ministering your mate's need for romance Uh, I'll define the word romance in just a minute And probably a lot of people think it's just uh, something else But it's sharing hearts and not just words. And uh it's it's the circulatory system of the of the marriage. Uh and that's communication. Um you know a lot of people don't talk to each other and when mates don't talk to each other and uh parents don't talk to children it's sad, very sad. Uh we can't even uh, have a relationship with the Lord without talking to him. That's called prayer. Amen. And we sure can't have a relationship With the Lord without listening to Him. That's called the Word of God. Amen. We need to listen to what God says. And then we need to speak to Him. And that's a relationship. And I believe to the degree that you know God, you'll love God. And the degree that you love God, you'll obey God. And that's called abiding. And I had a time preaching on that Wednesday. God really moved in the service. Had the lowest attendance we've had in many years uh, on Wednesday night. But uh, boy, I tell you what. God moved. And I appreciate it. And it's all in knowing Him. Knowing God. And having a relationship with God So if you're not interested in the married part Get interested in the relationship with God part And be interested in communicating with God Let's, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 4 I just want to read a few verses And, uh, and put you in remembrance of these Let's stand on to the word of God It says that you put off concerning the former conversation That's verse 22 The old man which is corrupt according to deceitful lust now, I think Christians ought to have different marriages I believe Christians ought to have different relationships And I believe that Christ makes a difference But it's a sad fact A lot of people uh, get saved And they continue to take For granted each other It says and be renewed in the spirit Of your mind that you put on The new man which after God is created In righteousness and true holiness Wherefore putting away lying Speaking every man truth with his neighbor For we are members uh, One to another be angry and sin not Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Oh, I wish we could emphasize that verse for a while. Neither give place to the devil. In other words, you should never go to sleep mad at your mate. Next morning you wake up, it's a little cooler. And I'm not talking about outside either. Look at verse 28. Let him that stole still no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the things which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Here's our text, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearer, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed in the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, and wrath, and anger, and clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be ye kind, that's where we need revival in the home Be ye kind one to another, tender hearted, not touchy, but tender hearted Forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you You may be seated as I pray Father, thank you for the privilege to be married but Not only be married, but be spiritually one God, we cannot fulfill all that's in the Bible about marriage without you in giving us power and peace and acceptance and commitment. God, thank you for the privilege to nourish and cherish our mate. God, thank you for the privilege of seeing, as we saw this morning, that you, are, uh, you bring a gift in our life called a mate. And God, we're to complement each other not compete with each other. And Lord, we know as we speak tonight and preach tonight, there's one area that we all need help on and that's communication. Lord, we need to learn what romance is all about. And it doesn't come from Hollywood, it comes from your word. And so Lord, teach us something tonight. Help me to condense my thoughts into a a normal lifespan of Of preaching and God, that it might not be too long, but it would be long enough to get the point across. And we're going to praise you and thank you for what you do in hearts and lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, what is romance? You know, romance is defined as chivalry, it's an expressiveness, it's pleasurable feelings, it's emotional attraction, it's intimacy, and it's oneness. But I want to say this nowhere in the Bible, nowhere in the Bible, does it say that we ought to seek a filling? Love is not a filling. As I counseled that young lady that said she didn't have tingles anymore and wanted a divorce from her husband, and I told her to stick her finger in the plug, that would be a filling. Uh, Folks, tingling is not a filling. I mean, not love. Love is God. And love and romance is literally um, uh, taking God at His word and living and expressing love that God gives you and so therefore a sinner cannot meet another sinner's needs for love only God can meet that love need that romance need that filling through yielding to the Spirit of God it's not wheeling not dealing it's not uh, reformation it's not uh, education that gets us to be like Christ it's uh, it's, 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 it's regeneration, it's a born-again experience, being saved by the grace of God, but also be yielded to God and ministering. I want you to notice the word in Ephesians 4, 29, it says, For let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearer. Folks, your greatest ministry is your home. What does it profit a man if he build the greatest church in Dalton and lose his wife? Loses children Folks the greatest ministry you have What's the problem man? If he uh, sells the most carpet And rich And has the greatest house And has no home And so the devil knows that And he tries to divide and devour And he tries to get us To take each other for granted And, uh, and, and, and as I said Nowhere in the Bible says to seek a feeling But feelings are okay You know I'm glad God gave me a relationship Where I feel good around my wife And we make each other feel accepted and loved and and uh feel significant and and feel secure. The greatest need for a wife is security, love no matter what. The greatest need for a man is significance. That you know we're 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 somebody to to you lady we we're we're, we're uh, the man. We're the husband. Uh we're not some just uh bum that you said I do to, but it's uh it's a flame of your relationship that can be kindled. And here's the promise in the Bible. If you will obey and do right, God said there'll be a filling. In John chapter 15, verse 11, says, These things I have spoken to you that my joy might remain in you, that your joy might be full. And it says, These things I have spoken to you. And the first ten verses of that chapter as I've been preaching on the last couple of weeks night, is abiding. And abiding means obeying. And abiding means submissive to purging. And abiding means uh, obedient to out of love. And folks, that's the condition of a great feeling. Prayers, answers a great feeling. Being in God's will is a great That Folks, we're not to seek a feeling, we're to seek the Savior. But when we seek the Savior and obey the Savior, it sure is a good feeling. How many say the peace of God's pretty good? Say amen. I mean the peace of God. I was talking to a couple today, uh, a family, matter of fact, and and uh, they, they, they made this statement. I don't know what we did before we met this church, before we got things right with God and got in the will of God. And some people just live for things and activity and they wear themselves out at the Little League Park or wherever. But folks, I want to tell you something. There's a great feeling being in the will of God. It's a great feeling to be right with God. It's a great feeling to be able to pray. It's a great feeling uh, to be able to minister and to show Expressiveness and pleasure and chivalry That means manners That's romance And so truth of the matter is Romance is Christ's love in action I read this at the last um, retreat I believe I did I've been to so many retreats I forget which retreat I read it But I know I read it the last three or four uh, retreats Not all at Whitfield Baptist But romance test I want to give it to you real quick if your special restaurant has a drive through window, you might need to work on your romance. Favorite restaurant. If you buy a weed eater for your wife for Valentine's Day, you might need to work on your romance. The only time you go away for the weekend is to a deer camp, D-E-E-R camp. Maybe you need to work on your romance. Your wife wears oversized T-shirts, sweatpants, and socks to bed, and it's your anniversary night. You might need to work on your romance. Amen? And we'll go there. I won't even touch that. You don't even kiss your wife when the kids are in the same room, the same house, or the same zip code. You might need to work on your romance. Only time your wife runs her fingers through your hair is she's looking for ticks. You might (laughs) need to work on your romance. The only time you're, oh, excuse me, no, I don't want to repeat that one, amen. The only time you light candles in your home is to uh, cover up some unwanted smell. You might need to work on your romance. Uh, excuse the triteness. The only time you say, turn the lights off, honey, lock the door, is when your parents pull in the driveway. You might need to work on your romance. Folks, I want to tell you something. Romance is the feeling of being loved Romance is the feeling that you're special Romance is what you did before you got married After you get married So you won't get unmarried Amen Remember, husbands, you actually Spent money on your wife before you got married (laughs) Then you caught her And now you just put her up on the wall And say, boy, I caught her, amen, praise God Sweep the floor, uh, honey And uh, Fix me a hot breakfast every morning. It's like the fellow that got up and said, I want a hot breakfast. I'm tired of these cold breakfasts. And the lady of the house said, well, why don't you just heat up your post toasties then? I'm going somewhere else. Folks, listen, we need to demonstrate God's love. We need to demonstrate God's love. I want you to know, first of all, that romance is expressed through being like God. The closer you get to God, watch my hands. The closer you get to God, the closer you get to each other. The best you can do in the flesh is manipulate. The best you can do in the flesh is bartered love. The best you can do in the flesh is get your little selfish way. But I want to tell you something, the most you can do in the Spirit is love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave Himself for it. The most you can do in the Spirit, ladies, is compliment your man, and I mean be a, comp- a completer, a help meet. that's the Hebrew word for it in Genesis chapter 2, and I mean make him feel like He's somebody special. And folks, that's romance. I don't care if you uh, go out of town and, and, uh, and uh, steak dinners every Tuesday and Thursday as one couple did. She went out on Tuesday and he went out on Thursday. That's not romance. Love's not just a feeling is what I'm saying. But it sure is a good feeling to be loved. It sure is a good feeling to be appreciated. Say amen right there. And somebody elbow that old boy that's about half asleep that you're married to. Folks, listen, romance is God in action through your life. It's not just words, it's hearts. You share your heart with your mate. Let me just put it this way, and this won't sound too romantic. She or he's your best friend. Amen. I mean best friend. I'll get to that in a minute. Y'all not just chums, and y'all not just Companions I mean you share the innermost Deep thoughts of your heart Sometimes you don't want to hear them men But you but you listen Praise God And there's an intimacy there of conversation That's what I want to preach on just a few minutes uh, t- Tonight and I'll continue it next Sunday night in concluding our, our ministry But folks I want you to know That communication is the Circulatory system of the marriage If you're going to minister You must minister with edification you know what that means build each other up now i want to say this i want to say it clearly it's a sad day we live in where men have to go through the pressures of working in a mill ladies have to go through the pressure of working in an office or whatever and then dread coming home and get low rated and complaining spirit and uh cynical and critical and uh taking each other for granted that's a sad day and folks i want to tell you something one of the Uh, greatest ways to romance your mate is through honor it's called respect you honor them and respect them more than any other woman more than any other man in this world besides God you have a ministry of grace to the hearer and you edify And build up. Now, how do you do that? Well, number one, we must demonstrate the love of God. Look at 1 John 4, verse 7 and 8. 1 John 4, 7 and 8. I'll just introduce this and preach the rest of it next Sunday night. Um, But I want you to look at 1 John 4, 7 and 8. The Bible says, Beloved, let us love one another. That's great, isn't it? Love of God towards one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Folks, that's saying this. You don't have the capacity to love someone like they need to be loved unless you're saved. Sanctified and thrilled, filled, and satisfied with the way God made you. That's why Ephesians says that you ought to love your wife as yourself, husbands. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to say it clearly. Critical people are insecure. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. People down in the ditch, they want company. They're so insecure, they're so uh, 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 damaged because of maybe the past. Maybe, maybe they're bitter. And folks, when they're down in this ditch of insecurity, they're constantly trying to bring somebody down to join them. That's why you'll see Ephesians chapter 5 verse 25 through 33 talk about the husband should accept himself and, ex- and love himself, not in a bad way. And folks, uh, the the Bible says also that you can nourish and cherish your wife, even as your own body. And folks, if you don't like yourself, you don't like anybody else. That's why you need to be careful about bitterness. Hurt people hurt people. Come on, say amen. And I want to tell you, that's why we need to treat our children right. And I'm not talking about not discipline. I'll get to that next Sunday. But I'm talking about, friend, we need to love them and demonstrate to them the love of God. Look at verse 8. It says, He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Now, folks, that's about as clear as it can be. Folks, the only way that you're going to love and demonstrate the love of God is you need to not think it's just a feeling. Uh, it's, It's more than that. It's a person He's a person It's God God is love How clear can we get it And folks three times Peter when he got right with God The Lord used three different Greek words for love Philadelphia love Do you love me That means are you my friend And then Eris love Do you really feel something for me Peter And then finally the cruncher was this Peter do you agape me Do you love me with God-like love? And that's the way you can have a fulfilling, wonderful, scintillating, out of this world, supernatural love relationship with your mate. Amen? Folks, I'm going to tell you something. Last couples retreat I did, I made a bad mistake. I, I kept thinking about this song that I used to uh, no, called by the Righteous Brothers And I figured that was holy since it was the Righteous Brothers And I got a video up and I put it up there and I, and I bribed two guys, my son-in-law, he had to do it And then this other guy, he'd be a tall guy Looked something like Brother Derek over there But this guy put on his sunglasses And I said, I want y'all to sort of act out this song as an icebreaker And it was uh, the, the Righteous Brothers come on the screen And they were singing that You've lost your love and feeling, whoa, 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 whoa. And I mean, it was just just crazy. It was an awful song. It was was terrible. It was worldly as carnal. I made a big mistake. But this one guy, Brother Trent, he was halfway decent, but he started motions, and he ran down the aisle and got right in his wife's lap and said, you know, uh, started singing to her. I said, oh, I've lost it now. This is terrible. And uh, we finally got over that illustration, and I got so nervous, I forgot to... Uh, uh, My text and I finally got it back together But I want to tell you something That song has a little truth there Because the world thinks We've lost our love and feeling It's all over Whoa, 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 yeah Y'all don't even remember the song That's good You don't need to hear it But I want to tell you something folks God does not want you to lose that love and feeling Is there a spark in your marriage Is there any spontaneity Is there any excitement left I mean, some of you act like you've been married a hundred years and you've only been married a couple of years. You don't even sit close to each other anymore. You don't even smile. You don't even talk as far as I know. Praise God. Hallelujah. What happened? And folks, you say, I don't know what happened. But I want to tell you something. The worst sin against your spouse is taking him for granted. And the worst sin against your spouse is damning the flow, stopping the flow, not being a channel of God's love. And the only way that you can uh, express God's love is you've got to know God's love. See, the closer you get to God, the closer you get to your mate. You've got to be in love with your maker before you can be in love with your mate. You need to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul. I might and I want to tell you something when you do that you have the capacity to know God and to know his love and therefore be a vessel of God is love second of all just got three things we'll be finished real quick there's a flowing of God's love there's a flowing of God's love romance is God's love in action See, we're not reservoirs, we're vessels. God's called you to be a vessel of God's love. God's called you to add some spark to your mate's life. God's called you to add some joy to their life. God's called you to edify them and add some significance to their life. God's called you to add some grace to their life. That means forgive. And that means they're forget. And folks, that's the way we want God to treat us, but we don't want to treat other people like that. And you just, you just stop the flow when you do not forgive as God forgives. But I see this flowing of God's love in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Look there, please. Galatians 5, verse 22. Don't ever listen to the righteous, brothers. They'll corrupt you. Verse 22. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit... Is love. Notice that singular fruit, not fruits of the Spirit, as many people misquote. It says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. You can even control your temper when you're right with God. But look at this. Against such there is no law. But if you'll back up, and you'll see in verse 19, it says this. Or verse 17 says, For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another, so that you cannot do the things that you you would. You know why a lot of couples are contrary one to another? One's in the flesh, and one's in the Spirit. Or worse yet, one is in the flesh, and the other one's in the flesh. And it's sad that the best they can do is use each other manipulate each other and drive each other down to feeling like they're nothing and folks that's the furthest thing from the dating experience you used to have the wonderful romance the time that he sent you flowers the time he wrote you those little sweet notes those times that he drove uh, many miles and, and borrowed money to date you now he's caught you and he's put you as a trophy of his Attainment. That's sad. And folks, that's happening in so many marriages today. It's despicable. But look at verse 18, Galatians 5. But if you be led of the spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifested. What are which are these? Adultery. First one: adultery. Fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance. Emulation, wrath, strife, sedition, heresy, envies, murders, drunkenness, reviling, and such like As which I tell you before, as I have also told you in times past They which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God If sin is habitual, you're not saved If sin's an exception, God will forgive But folks, romance is God's love in action And then it goes down to say, but the fruit of the Spirit is love Folks, the fruit of the Spirit is love. How many people in here love to be loved? Say amen. How many people in here need to be loved? There's a lot of lonely people around this world and they're not all not married. There's a lot of people that are married that are very lonely and they're isolated and they feel like they're in the prison of unforgiveness. And it's the furthest thing from chivalry, it's the furthest thing from romance that it could ever be taught. And so finally they just throw up their... Uh, throw in the tile and rent their robe And they get a divorce and say it was better on the children That we'd be apart than fuss all the time Well let me tell you another alternative It's better that you don't fuss And use each other and love each other In the spirit, amen That's God's plan Now Don't die on me, praise God I've had a long day too Romance is God's love in action The fruit of the spirit is love And joy is love exuding It's evenness of spirit Peace is love reposing. It's resting in the Spirit. Uh, Long-suffering is love that is enduring. Gentleness is love that's refined. Goodness is love in action. And faith is love confining or faithfulness. Meekness is love submitting. And temperance is love that's controlled. It's all love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. And so, folks, listen. You can know God's love and you can flow with God's love, but I want to close with this. You can show God's love. It's ministering love to your mate. You know, I really believe with all my heart that the most neglected ministry in the church, number one, is the ministry to the, to the Lord. We don't come here to minister to Him. We come here to get ministered to. The contemporary movement's full of it. You know, entertain me. Um, give me another show. Make it a bigger feeling than last Sunday. And that's so selfish. What we ought to do is come to minister and to, and to exhort and to edify and to love and to give and, and to look for somebody that's hurting more than you are and help them. And ministry, ministering. But folks, I want to tell you something. The greatest need is the ministry in the home. There's a lot of people that are just trying to endure their marriage. That's not God's will. We ought to enjoy it. I highly recommend marriage. I've been married for 43 years. I got it right this time. 43 years. And I love her more than I've ever loved her. And she loves me more than she ever loved me. Don't you? Okay, amen. And, and, and I'll tell you what, it's growing. It's growing. I can't imagine living without her. I can't imagine not sharing this ministry with her. That we can share the great blessings. Yesterday I had such good visits, and I come home, and I was just so excited. That I shared with her the visits that we that made, and, and she was so encouraging. Oh, that's great. Amen. That's good. You know, she just said, well, you ought to cut the grass. You know, she said, I did that too, but, you know, but it's, it's a blessing to be encouraged by your mate. How many have a wife like that? Raise your hand. How many wish you had a wife like that? Don't move. But Folks, I want you to turn to the, the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13. We're going to close with this. This is so deep, but but it's really not. But I'll tell you what, it'll keep. What is romance? Is it spending a lot of money on her? I'll never forget when I first started dating Miss Connie, many, many, many years ago, right after the Civil War. No, and uh, I had this old green Comet, and it was rusty with a little green on it. And it was the craziest car I've ever owned in my life. It was a comet, number one. I mean, who wants to own a comet? I mean, that would be impressive. But it was mostly rust, but it would have exhaust coming out the defrost. And le- literally, it would, it would, it would uh, intoxicate you riding in that car. I'd have to roll down the window. The only good thing about that old, green, rusty comet was that the glove compartment would come open, hit my date in the knees, which was always Miss Connie, and hit my date in the knees. After we started going steady. And and she'd have to slide over some. I was a little whirling carnal. Y'all excuse me. But that was the only good thing about that car. But I remember I loved her so much that I'd get in that Comet. I lived in Decatur, Georgia. She lived in Sandy Springs. She was on the rich side of town. I was on the poor side of town. I was a poor boy. She was a rich girl. I married her for her money, and then she refinanced. But no, wait a minute. And I I remember getting on 285 when it was gravel. I mean, it wasn't even open. And I'd go around the barriers to save time so I could get to my honey. So I could just spend one more night. Well, not night. We didn't do that. Spend one more (laughs) date with her, amen. Amen. And uh, just one more time, amen, just to see her, just to hold her hand, praise God. I mean, just to take her out and spend a lot of money on her. Praise the Lord, I would risk my life going through that gravel 285. I mean, we wasn't even open yet to see my sweetheart. Now, if you're not careful, you'll sit out in the car, blow the horn while she gets the five kids ready and say, Why are you so slow? What happened? I believe the romance went out the back door. But I believe what really went out the back door, and I know I'm preaching to a lot of people here tonight, we started taking each other for granted, and we stayed the flow of God. I want to close with this. 1 Corinthians 13. i got just a couple of minutes. Alabama time. But look at uh, 1 Corinthians 13, and I want you to look at verse 1 through 3 of 1 Corinthians 13. The Bible says something about love that's so important. It says that um, though I speak with tongues of man and angels and have not charity, I become a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. Folks, I want to tell you something. Love is more important than sensationalism. Don't just look for a fill and look for God. And then look at verse 2. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and knowledge, and though I uh, have all faith, so I have, could move, remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing, just a zero. And, folks, love is more than the spectacular. And then look at verse 3. This is amazing. It says, And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Folks, love is more important than sacrifice, it's more important than sensationalism, the spectacular, the sacrificial. Folks, love is what makes a difference. But it's God's love, it's God's love in action. I want you to see in verse 5, uncommon courtesy. The Bible says, well, let's go back to verse 4. It says, charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not, charity vaunteth not itself. Is not puffed up. Folks, listen. It's an uncommon courtesy. It does not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. That means you do have some manners after you get married. It means that you do have a giving spirit, and there's a courtesy there. You honor her as the weaker vessel, not that she's less uh, intelligent. Because most of you men married up, can you say amen right there? Most of you married somebody a whole lot smarter than you. Thank the Lord for that. I'll tell you that right now. And uh, you know, we we need to realize that, folks. God has given us an uncommon courtesy. We ought to treat our wife better than an unannounced guest. We even turned the TV off sometimes for an unannounced guest. Had a little old politician. He didn't do too good. He uh, knocked on my door and pouring down rain. He looked like he was about 12 years old. I couldn't vote for him. I said, I don't think you got your license. And I asked him where he went to church. I asked him if he knew the Lord as his Savior. And I tell you what, I appreciate him being out in the rain knock on the door for one more vote. He didn't get my vote, but I thought it was a good effort. But uh, I want to tell you this. Folks, God will give you Some courtesy. I I stopped everything I was doing and went to the door and actually spoke to him and listened to him. Do you do that with your mate? Is there any special time you have with her? Do you listen? The Bible says a lot about listening and a lot about talking and a lot about the courtesy of just acknowledging a person's presence. Do you smile when she comes in the room or when she leaves it? This is really quiet in here. But anyway, (laughs) number two, there's uncommon concern. There's uncommon concern. Look at verse 5. It says, Seeketh not our own is not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. You seek not your own. Folks, you're concerned. You actually have compassion towards your mate. And folks, I want to tell you, folks, it starts, yes, maybe in the courting stage, but I want to tell you something. If you're not careful, when you get married, you'll think you've captured her, you've arrived. That's a man's mentality. And you'll just take her for granted. And that's the worst sin in marriage. That's destroying marriages. Uncommon courtesy. Uncommon concern. And then there's also uncommon control. It is not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. There's a lot of marriages that have very short fuses. I mean, you're so patient with your boss. You're so patient with your neighbor. You're so patient with your sister. You're so patient with your mother. But let him do one thing wrong. And here goes World War III all over again. What did you do? Folks, we go to the neighbor's house and the person um, burns the biscuits over there and you say, oh, no, that's all right. I, I like them well done. Your wife burns and says, man, can't you cook? You cook just like, you know, and you and, and you go off. And you. there's uncommon courtesy that's not practiced. There's an uncommon concern. And there's an uncommon control in our marriage. The love of God ought to give you patience, temperance, love, gentleness, faith, long-suffering. Doing things that honor our mate show how priceless. You know, if we really, really, really love something, we invest in it. I mean, I, 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 the, the other, other year, I saw a bunch of people sitting out watching a Green Bay game. I think of Anthony Holstenbeck every time I preach on this. Green Bay, Wisconsin. I mean, the coldest place on God's green earth. And it was 38 degrees, wind chill factor below zero. And guess what? There was 50 thousand people there with their little muffins i mean their little uh, what do you call them? um gloves and they were trying to clap for some guy down there frozen to death that didn't even want to be there because he's a multi-millionaire and folks they were fans of the green bay packers you do and you sacrifice for what you love And i won't tell you what you ought to do you ought to love your wife enough to honor her You ought to love your wife enough to listen. Let me just give you a few verses in closing. Look at Proverbs 10, 19. Proverbs 10, 19. I know this is not an exciting message, but it's so needed. I know it's a lot more teachy than preachy, but we need to be taught. Proverbs 10, verse 19, the Bible says this. In the multitude of words there wanteth not sin, but he that frameth his lips is wise. We ought to give that to our president. No, I'm a kid. Uh, you know, it says, it says we ought to restrain ourselves. Amen. But ought to always say what we think. Amen. I don't think you ought to always say what you think about your mate. I think you ought to restrain yourself. So there's a great price in keeping your mouth shut sometimes. Amen. I mean, that's what this verse says, doesn't it? It says, if you'll keep you'll frame your lips. They'll think you're wise. You open your mouth, they'll have no doubt that you're not. Amen. Sometimes it's best just to listen. It's best just to cool off. Look at Proverbs 18:18. Proverbs 18, 18. I'm not getting any response out of y'all, so I'm going to preach by faith. Look at this, Proverbs 18:18. The Bible says, The lot causes contention to cease and parteth between the mighty. A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. And their content." contentions are like the bars of a castle Look at verse 21 It says death and life are in the power of the tongue And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof Death and life Proverbs 25 and verse 11 Please look at that real quick The book of wisdom The Bible says a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pitchers of silver. Apples of gold in pitchers of silver. You know, some people just don't talk after they get married. It's like the fellow one time, the lady came up to him and said, hey, listen, um, you never say I love you. You never say I need you. You never say that you're so glad that we're married. And he looked at her and he said, you know, Twelve years ago when we got married, I told you I love you, and if it changes, I'll tell you when it changes. You know what that guy is? I won't describe him, but he's not going to have a good marriage. Ephesians 4.29 says that we ought to minister grace to the hearer. But let me just close with saying this, and I know I've closed several times, but the Bible says in Matthew 12.24 where words come from. Where words come from. So, it's not just a matter of words. It's not just sharing words. Anybody can do that, especially you that are eloquent of speech and you're just so flamboyant in your talking. But it's sharing your heart. Look at verse 34. Oh, generations of vipers. Matthew 12. How can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. What a great truth. Some people say, Well, I didn't really mean that. Yes, you did. If it came out of your mouth, it came from your heart. Look at verse 35. A good man out of the good treasures of his heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasures bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word shall, that men shall speak they shall give account of therefore in the day of judgment. does that You think that really means that one day at the judgment seat of Christ we'll give account of how we spoke to our wives and private men? I believe so. I'm saying this, friend, be a good listener, but be a good talker. And don't just be a good talker, be a good lover. And I want to tell you something, the way that you prove that you love is out of your heart comes ministry of grace. Out of your heart becomes a a ministry of love, a flow of God, a a likeness of God, forgiveness and and long-suffering and patience. I grew up as a son of a drunk and my mother never backed down from trying to correct him. And I want to tell you something, I was a nervous wreck for the first five years of my life in such a way that I had to go to speech class with the earphones on. And i tell you what, I lived in fear and I lived in uh, uh, a nervous state all my life until, praise God, I finally got the acceptance and love from God and got saved. And my daddy got saved when I was preaching when he was 63 years of age and he with tears told me one day sitting in the hospital down at Cab General Hospital he looked at me and he said I love you. He never said that before. He got saved. And after he got saved he'd, he'd come home and hug mom and say I love you. He'd stay up and not pass out on his food or pass out in his car and we'd have to go get him on the side of the road but he would stay up and read his Bible on that certain place on that couch in that little den. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. If therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, old things pass away. And he began to open my mother's spirit. I want to say this with words, you can close the spirit of your mate. There can be bitterness, and that bitterness turns to wrath. And there's a, and there's and that tender heart is no longer tender, but it's hard! And the romance has gone out the door and the righteous brothers are singing I've lost that loving feeling whoa, whoa, yeah. Folks, we need to think before we speak but we need to not do more than just think. We need to yield to the Spirit of God and actually let God love through us. So it's not just sharing of words, it's a sharing of hearts. One can experience a supernatural love relationship through God's Spirit as we yield and let Christ's love flow through us to our mates. And you can call it anything you want to, but I call it God's romance. It's knowing God. It's flowing with God's love, and it's showing God's love in the practical, everyday things like kindness, and long-suffering, and thinking no evil, not looking at the negative, but looking at the positive, because love and faith and hope never fails. God promised it. So don't live beneath your privilege and try just to manipulate to get your way. Live in the Spirit and let God's love flow through you. And I'm going to say this. You might not believe it, but there'll be a spark in your marriage. There'll be a excitement in your marriage. You will smile when she comes in the room. There'll be a, a excitement about being married to your mate. Just as much as when you were dating and he was trying to get you. It's a wonderful life. It's called God's love through you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this, I almost said session. It was a, like a retreat tonight. And Lord, I thank you, dear God, for those that's been on the retreat and probably heard this before. But dear God, help us not just to hear it, but God, help us to receive it. And Lord, help us not just share words, but let, help us to share hearts. Lord, I want to be, be my wife's best friend. Folks, this seems like a lot of people have besties and best friends more than they do their husband or wife. And Lord, I pray to your God that we could be able to share anything with our mate like best friends. That we'd have confidence that we wouldn't be condemned when we share those things like best friends. That we even know that they'll listen like best friends. And they'll care like best friends and they won't put it on Facebook the next morning like best friends God help us help us God to not just share words but God help us to share hearts all for your glory